0: What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the raw, real and vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. I am currently on Perth Western Australian soil as I do a quick visa dash in and out of Indonesia. My 60-day visa is up. That marks two months of living a life committed to my aliveness, committed to my alignment, committed to my desires, Committed to navigating the intense waves, (laughs) the chaotic waves that big life change brings. Two months of being dedicated to supporting myself and holding myself in a way that I never had before. Two months of courage and bravery and fun and sadness and grief and inspiration and excitement and creation. Just what a fucking two months. But today's episode, I am about to introduce you to someone. Who is so special to me? Oh my fucking good God. This man, I would literally run in front of a bus to save his life if it was required. I love this man. I know that in my Instagram stories, you all guessed him to be my dream guest. So I'm sure you're like, fucking finally, you've got him on the show, Rebecca. I'm about to introduce you to Preston Smiles. I actually, if I'm to be totally truthful and totally vulnerable, because Preston is Preston to me and I love him so much and my journey with Preston has been so meaningful and impactful on my entire life that I wanted to be able to hold this conversation powerfully and not just being my little girl that's like, oh my God, I'm with my big brother who has changed my entire life. I love you so much. So I was actually waiting until I felt really confident to be able to have a really powerful conversation with Preston before I requested that he be on the show. But today, when I was sitting thinking about what do I actually ask Preston, literally, I spent all day walking around and around and around thinking of all the topics we could dive into, what would be most relevant to you? What would benefit you the most? And I thought about the week prior of all the women who had engaged with me and everything they came to me and presented me with, their problems, their pain points, their dissatisfaction of themselves and their life. And I looked at them and I thought about them as a collective and it's just incredibly beautiful, brilliant, intelligent women, just women who if you walk past them on the street, you would think, you fucking have it all. Like I'm almost envious and jealous of you. You have it all. But on the inside, these women are experiencing a deep sense of unworthiness. There's something about them from within, something about us. I'm throwing me right on in there with you. This deep sense of no matter what it is that I work for, what I create for my life, I'm still not feeling truly accepting of myself as a woman, feeling so truly worthy of myself as a woman from within. And Preston, I know what powerful space he holds for me, what powerful space he holds for women. I've worked for two years as a support coach in this man's programs. I will go to war with this man. I will go to heaven with this man. I will go anywhere with this man and his family. I just fucking love him. And We dove so deep into all things women, our deep-seated beliefs around unworthiness, where they come from, and how we show up powerfully in the face of relationship because I know the majority of the women who align with me are deeply desiring to call in our committed and aligned, powerful partnership, but we were not taught how to be powerful women in the face of partnership when partnership presents, so we really fucking go there. This is one hell of an episode. If you love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag both myself and Preston because I know that both of us would fucking love to connect with you. This is, oh my God, an episode of a lifetime for you to hear, for you to receive, and I cannot wait to receive. Strap yourself in. Let's fucking go. I am sitting here with someone who is incredibly special to me, someone who supported me to move through a 10 plus year disordered eating journey, someone who supported me to heal from the shame of testing positive for the herpes virus, and to then be able to talk about it loudly, proudly, and very publicly on the internet, and also the man who supported me to build and grow my coaching business, Preston Smiles, welcome to Raw, Real, and Vulnerable.
1: Hurrah! Hurrah! Let's freaking go. It's the freaking weekend. It's not even the weekend, but we're freaking, so there's that part. Let's go.
0: Uh, Oh. I'm so excited that you're here. I actually had your wife on two weeks ago and I realized in that moment that she was my dream guest because if her Facebook videos had not crossed my page, none of this would have ever happened. And I put onto my Instagram, who do you think my dream guest is? And everyone voted for you. So in case my audience doesn't actually know who you are, which I'm quite certain they all do, who is Preston Smiles and what is it that you do in the world?
1: Ooh, that's a tricky one. I can tell you what I do in the world. I actually, I can tell you who I am. The I am that I understand is I am love manifest. I have isness dancing. I am a reflection of God's love in the human form sent here to remind us all of the one truth, which is love is all there is, was, and ever will be. I have been for the last almost 20 years, which is crazy when I actually say that out loud. I have been in this space, the self-development, transformation, spirituality, all things, best versions of ourselves space. And I've done many things, actually almost everything you can do in the coaching world I've done. And the purpose of it is to remind us of who and what we really are and to uplift and inspire and ignite and poke and prod and shake people's tree in such a way that they wake the F up to the truth of their being and get that these skin suits are finite for now and that you don't get to get yesterday again, just like you don't get last year again. And so um, my work is about helping people heal shame and trauma. I know that happens through workshops, books social media posts, anything in the workspace, space, I do it. That.
0: Can I ask you why? Because it's not the smallest soul assignment, supporting humans to navigate and move through deep shame, deep trauma. Why did you sign up for this?
1: Mm, yeah, because I had to. You're right. I'll say this. I got sick at 25 and I had fungus on my heart and a extreme irregular heartbeat. So those two things, and given that many people in my family had died from heart conditions. The cardiologist said, at 25, you should not be having all of this happening this early. And so that scared me enough to literally drastically change everything. That day, I became a vegan, right? Like I changed everything in a day. And as the months went by, my cup was so full that my friends and family were receiving from the overflow. And it got to this point where I was like, oh, this is too good for me to keep it for myself. And I had this huge realization that, you know, this stuff wasn't commonplace. My girlfriend at the time, her mom said, hey, I know you're dyslexic and you don't read, but there's this book called Ask and It Is Given by Jerry and Esther Hicks. This may help you. And I remember reading, it was like page five or six. It said, your thoughts become things and you create your own reality. Now, remember, this is 2005. There was no influencers. There was no social media. There was nothing like this. And so there was no careers in this space. There was nothing, zero. And the closest thing to what I was hearing came out like two months later, which was the secret. So for me, this was mind boggling. Like my thoughts become things and I create my own reality. And so to wrap this answer up, I'm obsessed with it. I can't not. And because I grew up not, necessarily attractive and sort of scrawny. And I was in special education. I just felt like a throwaway kid, right? I felt like the person everybody forgot. And for me, I will always have a huge portion of my heart that's carved out for the underdog, the person that nobody gives a fuck about. Right. If you got herpes, now you're a throwaway person. Right. If you're if you've experienced if you've been raped if you've been molested if you've been abused you're a throwaway person. Right. Anybody like that, I say, come here. I got you. Right. Because mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to be an outcast in society.
0: That was going to be my next question before we really go there. Have you ever in your lifetime, Preston, been challenged with deep self-love and a lack of acceptance of who you are as a person?
1: Oh, absolutely. Ninety percent of my childhood. Just to give for those of you in Australia and those of you who are just in parts of the world where you wouldn't even ever have to really understand this, it's very difficult to be what you can't see. And so what I was seeing as a child was everything that was perfect was white Mm -hmm. down to Jesus and Santa Claus and every action hero movie, every cartoon, every commercial, everything that was perfect was white. And everything that was ugly was dark. Mm -hmm. And even if it wasn't like direct, if you build up these caricatures and these characters and they have these wavy hair and these blue eyes and they're just perfect, right? I remember my sister got her first Barbies. So she got Ken and Barbie. And I remember playing with them and just going like, I wish I could look like Ken, Mm. right? And so this is like so much deep self-hatred that's being baked into my consciousness before I even have a full understanding of who and what I am. And so for many years, I'd say the majority of my life, I've subconsciously hated myself, hated my hair, my skin, my nose, just a lot. And it's really been beautiful to reclaim that and to get whose child I am. You know, I coach people often and I say, if you can look at a rainbow or a puppy or a baby laughing and go, Oh my God, how cute. Oh my God, how beautiful. Oh my God, look at that sunset. There must be a God, right? If you can have that same reverence for those things, then the game is to have it for yourself because there's no space, no area on the planet where God stops. There is for me, what created us didn't make a mistake. There isn't a hair on my head. There isn't a leaf on one of these trees plants behind me or in the forest, wherever you are on the planet, there isn't a blade of grass that is not intentionally meant to be here. And so our job, our work is to say yes to that, is to shine as bright as humanly possible, connected to this is how I do leaf. Right? This is how I do laughter. This is how I do coaching. This is how I do relationship. And it gets a little tricky because the I do is often coping mechanisms and strategies based on childhood traumas and shame. And so, deeper than that, is to go and excavate and look at what doesn't serve or belong to you anymore so that the full expression of who and what we are gets to come forward.
0: I needed to ask that so that the audience, the listener can have context because I feel it's so easy to look at you now and see your good looks, your beautiful wife, your Instagram, your coaching business, your staff, your G-Wagon and just, that is you, right? And just think it's so easy for you. You're confident, you're attractive, you've got all the things. So to hear that context, I think is so powerful because I've been really challenged as to what to dive into with you today. From personal freedom to self-expression to breaking free from shame. And I really wanted to make this so relatable to my audience. And I know what a powerful space you hold for women. When I came into your space, I was in a place where I was like, fuck you world, I don't trust anyone. And that's where so much healing occurred for me. And I've seen that happen for so many women in your space. Women come to me now and they're like, Becca, I have the perfect life on paper. I should be so happy with everything that I've got. But I just feel this deep sense within me that something is missing. I can't accept who I am as a woman, I don't love myself, I'm not lovable, and there's something lacking. Where the fuck does that come from for us?
1: Yeah, one of the things that we teach in the Bridge Experience, which you've been through, you've coached, you've supported us in, is there are four aspects of what it means to be human. So first aspect is we are biological beings, right? There's a trillion things occurring inside of us. Um, Everything is moving and shifting and talking and dancing together to make sure that I can form words and that my liver works and all of those things. So we're biological beings, number one. Number two, we are linguistic beings. We build worlds with our language without the distinction of door and doorknob. Getting out of the room would be extremely challenging. But the moment we have language, we can convey things and language opens up worlds for us. So, number two, we are linguistic beings. Number three, we are, and we're going to pause on this one, we are social and historical beings born into beliefs and interpretations. I'm going to say it again for those of you in the back who are going to let this land in your space. We are social And historical beings born into beliefs and interpretations. So you ask yourself, why do especially women these days hate themselves? Well, socially and historically, women have been repressed across the planet. Socially and historically, women receive programming every single day that is trying to remind them that they aren't enough. That they need to buy this particular makeup, this particular bra, their hair needs to look like this, their boobs need to look like that, their butt needs to look like Kim Kardashian. They need to have all these external things in order to feel good enough. Now, that programming didn't start when they were adults. It started from childhood and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper because Disney and the way that that is conveyed, right? We always need the prince to come save her, right? The advertising of Barbie, for example, it's a very particular type of girl, woman that they're selling. And so all this programming, along with a well-intentioned mother and father who probably worked with the idea of, I have to protect my princess, right? Which on the surface looks like a beautiful thing. But when you keep pulling back, you're not protecting the princess, you're actually making it harder for her because you're treating her different, right? The expectations for boys is different than the expectation for little girls. And just the mental construct, just the holding of them in that space is a form of repression. It's what people do with black people. It's what people do with Asian people. It's what people do with Mexicans in the United States of America. They hold them lower. And it's very difficult to rise to low expectations, especially when you're 6 and 7 and 8 and 10 and 13. So you program a little girl that early and the whole world wraps around it and we introduce consumerism early. It's no wonder that 20 years later, 15 years later, 30 years later, it feels empty because the whole thing was set up as an outside end game. As you know, I teach all the time. There's only two games ever happening. Outside in, which says that the cars, the likes, the praise that I get, right? The compliments, all of these things make me feel good. Oh, I feel good when they compliment me. Oh my God, I feel so good. Everyone saw me. That's outside in, right? But the inside out game says that I am perfect, whole, and complete, but not finished. I am a unique emanation of the most high, whatever I call that thing. And I source my power from the inside out. I validate me, right? We're only ever playing those two games in any given moment. And so, well meaning mothers and fathers, well meaning Catholic schools, well meaning churches, and all of these things have programmed us across the board, but especially women, while simultaneously promoting rape culture at the same exact time to boys. All of that was a perfect cocktail for destruction. And I think that we're in an age and in a time where women's empowerment is at its heights because it's no longer about burning bras and taking down the men. It's now about, well, what is my feminine want to say, do experience? What does it mean to be a woman, right? This is so powerful. And just to wrap this whole thing up, the fourth aspect of what it means to be human is we are quantum beings, which is a whole nother can of worms. It is when the DMT hits, the Molly hits, the, the Holy Ghost hits. It's when the mushrooms really land. It's when that moment in ayahuasca where you're like, yes, yes, yes. It's that moment on the dance floor where you realize that there's nothing to do or say because love is God is That is what I see going on with women and self-love. Oh
0: my God, I love you so much. I have so many questions. How do we just really logically for the women who are listening, because I'm the first one to put my hand up. I wanted the perfect body. I wanted this. I wanted that. I wanted the car. I wanted the boyfriend. I wanted Jake to come save me. How do we break away from that? Because I can hear the women listening right now saying, hey, Preston, I'm already telling myself I'm beautiful. I'm this, I'm that. I still don't fucking believe it. How do we do that?
1: You must create separation, right? Elevation, requires separation. So you must separate from the egoic thinking that is occurring in your space and the consciousness that holds the egoic thinking, right? The observer and the thoughts are not the same thing. You are not your thoughts. You are experiencing them. You can notice them. And the distinction between somebody who's in their power and someone who is not is that. Are they aware, right? What does consciousness mean? Am I aware of what is flowing through? And can I decipher and discern between what is mine or what I want to keep and what is society's? Because the moment I can even create any separation, any buffer, I have choice, right? Awareness proceeds choice. I need the awareness to be able to make different choices. When I have the awareness of door and doorknob, I now have a choice to walk out of the room and infinite possibilities open up. The name of the game is separation. Now, how do you do that? Right? Now we'll take it deeper. You fill your cup, you do things and then allow them to expand in your space. You do things that make your heart smile for now, even if they're attached to some of the egoic things, right? So for example, some people work out because they love their body. Some people work out because they hate their body. Most people work out because they hate their body. They just don't have the conscious thought, I hate my body, but they're constantly trying to fix it because they have a picture. They have an invisible opponent. I was talking about this yesterday in stretch 22. They all have an invisible opponent. Whether it's your sister or your somebody. Boyfriend. Yes, right? Ex boyfriend, uh, the person who bullied you in high school. We all are fighting against someone and we're trying to prove, right? And so, how we beat the game is we bring awareness to that as well. But even if you don't have awareness to it, if, let's say, sitting by the ocean fills your cup, fantastic. If listening to really good music fills your cup, do that, fantastic. If reminiscing about life fills your cup, connecting with friends, whatever it is, do that thing as often as you possibly can for many months and let it expand. Let the pleasure extend because that's where women and men, but I'll specifically speak to women in my experience, when men are talking and women aren't around, one of the conversations that we have is like, they're just so fucking miserable. They're always so miserable. They're just picking everything apart and picking each other apart and picking us apart. And can they just like have fun, right? Now, what men don't understand is the magic that it takes to create another human means that there's going to be different hormones pumping through your bodies than there are ours, right? You're going to be getting hit with waves and storms that we don't get hit with. So we can sit in our judgment seat and say, why are they always so X, right? Well, don't you like fucking life? because they're creating life all the time, right? So there is some truth from where I sit to this. And the answer lies in allowing the pleasure to be extended. I think that some women have become so conditioned to beat the boys, to win in the masculine game, that it's like, oh, that was nice, on to the next. Oh, that was nice, on to the next. While, for example, myself, when I am doing anything that's pleasurable, I let it reverberate in my space for two reasons. One, biologically, I am sending a signal to my body that harmony, joy, peace, and abundance is here. It's actually selfish. I actually understand scientifically that the more I allow the pleasure to extend, the more my baseline, right? Because we all in this room, the air conditioning will kick on or if it goes above 75, right? And it'll kick off if it goes under. So we all have a homeostasis, right? The question is, is where is your thermostat? Where is it set to, right? So I often tell my clients, the game is to bring your own weather, right? Bring your own weather. Many of you are waiting, right? You're victims. Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Motherfucker, bring it. Be the weather. Decide that you're going to be the sunshine inside of the storm, decide that when the storm is here, you're going to actually enjoy it and appreciate it and not complain about the rain, but rather dance in the mud, right? That is the invitation. But so many of us are in resistance. We're always trying to get somewhere else. Let it land. Let it land. Let it land. Oof. How good is it to be alive? How good is it to feel something? Some people didn't wake up today, right? I get it life has been challenging. It's challenging for all of us at some level. And your job in this beautiful ocean of devotion we call life is to truly say yes. Yes. And thank you. Yes. This is here. And thank you for my marching orders. Thank you for what's next. Thank you for what's coming. Thank you. Right? If you can live in that mantra, oh my God, game on.
0: Where do you think we're trying to get to when we're chopping down trees and moving on to the next rather than just allowing ourselves to bask in the pleasure that's here? Where are we trying to go so quickly?
1: I don't think we actually know. I think it's one of those things. The
0: pressing smile doesn't know we're all fucked.
1: Yes. I think we're just habitualized. It's it's one of those things, right? Like I watched myself this morning pick up my phone probably nine times more than I needed to. And every time I picked it up, I was like, oh, why do I have this again? Mm-hmm. Right the kids are playing, everybody's happy. And I'm like, why do I feel so tied to picking this thing up? Oh, oh, I got to pick it up. Right? We're habitualized. So what's occurring is we've been sold a really good lie and it's going to take separating and bringing awareness to figure out what's actually next and what we truly want and desire. Because I think most people don't even know. They're just doing what they think they need to do, right? And this starts way before Instagram and social media. This is college, right? I went to college because my mom guilted me. <laughs> I went to college because the society said, you're a loser if you don't go. Mm-hmm. I should have never been in college.
0: I dropped out of uni three times. <laughs> my dad wanted me to be a loyal.
1: Yes, exactly, right? So it doesn't start there. It's so early. I watch this with our kids and I'm doing my best not to do it, but most of us grew up in households where if we weren't good little boys and girls, according to mommy and daddy's or caregiver's perception, then the love was taken away. The love was removed. We were pushed aside. So you don't get toys. You don't get time. You don't get attention if you're a bad boy or a bad girl. So what do we do? We become liars. We become really good liars. We become really good followers. We become really good people pleasers, Mm -hmm. chameleons. And after a while, you wear that mask for so long that you literally don't even know who you are without the mask. And that is where I think so many people are, which is why I said, I don't know. I think that's the beauty. That's the excitement is to figure out what's next, what's true.
0: Mm -hmm. Love that. A lot of the women in my space, are desiring intimate partnership so deeply. But I guess my question for you is, have we as women made intimate partnership, our committed aligned partner, have we made him the Instagram followers, the booty, the perfect body, the car, the likes, the successful business? Have we made him that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And is not that programming that's setting our relationships up to fail?
1: 100%. Because the idea that some dude is going to finally make everything better is so false. And it's actually the opposite oftentimes. If you're really in a powerful relationship, it's probably going to bring up the worst parts of you. And those parts are coming up because they want to be healed. They want to be looked at. They want to be loved on. They want to be dissipated. And so however you get in a relationship, you get in a relationship. And the pressure that especially men feel in relationships is crazy. We feel the desire, the need to be perfect to make it right, to finally be Prince Charming. And most dudes don't have their shit together. And neither do most women, even though they're better at making it look like they do. And dudes feel inadequate. So they step out. It's never enough. There's this constant trying to get high that our whole society has hooked into. And for especially women, the idea that you're going to be a cat lady if you don't get a man Mm -hmm. is so real. You know, I was coaching this person and that was her biggest fear was that she was just going to be an auntie for the rest of her life and that, you know, she wouldn't ever have a kid and she wouldn't have the relationship. And, you know, I said, maybe, but do you think that the God you serve is going to skip over you? Do you think that you're the one person on the planet that's not going to feel the urge to merge and be with someone? I was like, what if this is your baby, you know, two years out trying to get you to work your shit out? So she has a cleaner mommy <laughs> and there was a lot more to that coaching. However, you know, she now has her partner and her child and I did the whole, I told you so, right? Cause we don't know enough. I think that's one of the biggest problems that all of us have is the idea that we think we know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't know enough. You don't know what God's trying to do. You don't know what spirit's trying to do through you. You know, I, I'm sure you've had this back where something had to go wrong and I'm doing air quotes here. In order for you to run into a particular person, in order for something to open up, in order for you to go over here to then have your entire life be different because of that thing, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know if you know Alexi and I's story, but I was on a date with someone else and I didn't want to go on the date, but I asked, I said, spirit, am I supposed to go on this date? And the answer was yes. And the only reason I even knew who Alexi was was because the guy she was dating missed his flight. And because he missed his flight in London, he called his friend and said, hey, can you pick her up and hang out with her all day? And his friend was a guy that was my college roommate, who I hadn't spoken to in years. And so without him missing his flight, Vince and Alexi would have not hung out. Then Vince said, oh my God, you're like this dude that I went to college with years ago. His name is Preston. I feel like you guys are going to work together, right? So many things had to go wrong. In order for us to have the kids and the business and the life that we currently have. And so the question is, does it stop there or is the universe doing that now? Is there 20,000 other versions of that occurring in this moment? And yet so many of us are trying to clinch and hold to what we know. No, it's got to be him. No, it's got to be this. Fuck, you don't know. You don't know enough. Mm-hmm. Eh? So we get to practice surrender. We get to practice prophesying, right? If you're going to speak into existence something, speak into something that feels good for you. Dream about something exciting. We get so uh, habitualized to doom and gloom that it sort of messes everything up.
0: Also, I feel women are really scared to make big courageous changes based on the rules that society has placed upon us. Like so many women behind the scenes right now are messaging me about how inspired they feel by the decisions that I've been making. And they have this drive to make big courageous life change, but they're scared to let go of what they know.
1: Yes, there we go. That's exactly it. And so now let me turn the podcast lens back on you. Why do you think it's possible and has been possible for you to make these type of choices? What's occurring in your life and what's been occurring over the last however many years that made that decision and those decisions possible?
0: Surrounding myself with people just like you.
1: Correct. Right. This is what they need to hear. Success leaves clues right? Beck has constantly put herself in scenarios where she's the smaller fish per se. But by doing that, she becomes the big fish. She becomes the orca. She becomes the killer whales and the sharks in the ocean because she does that. And it's the exact same thing I do. Right? People ask me all the time, how did you eat that? It started out with me buying my way in. I just would pay. I just, hey, can I be in your <laughs> mastermind? Can you? Can I be in your workshop? I just bought my way in, right? And then it got to a point, right? And I say this every time, when you find people who really care about you, who know what they're doing, you stick to them until you become them, right? Because they're an environment, right? So you stick to them and you pull out the stuff that works for you. You learn, you hack the things that support you, and then you become an environment, right? And then people come to you. And then all of a sudden we have this beautiful organism that's like the reverse of cancer, and I think that's why you're here, Beck. I think that's why I'm here. I think that I am a response from the universe. And so are you. And so are anybody listening to this podcast. And if you are tapped into something like this, it's probably because, you know, some higher power or however we want to call it, the oversoul, because there are schools of thinking that say that there's only one of us here. Mm-hmm. So what if we are one gigantic body and many of us are in one part of the body, sort of attacking or replanting what the other parts of the body have done over years, right? What if this is one organism trying to save itself? And so, I think that's beautiful. That's really beautiful.
0: It really is. I've. It's funny, my dad thinks that I'm having a midlife crisis. Jake thinks I'm having a midlife crisis. All the women in my space think it's the best thing ever. And my dad's like, I just don't think anyone will ever want to work with you if you start behaving like this. More women than ever before. Desire to work with me because Mm -hmm. they're seeing the permission slip of the fears that they have and seeing what can occur when they lean the fuck in
1: yes that's exactly it you know i say this often leaders not only know the way but they go the way and they show the way Mm -hmm. and and that's what you've been doing and it takes courage to step out on a limb because you're going to get arrows shot at you Mm -hmm. right people are going to talk crap people are going to feel a certain type of way. There are so many people in this space that don't like me. I've had stalkers for years. Mm. I've had people do crazy stuff, right? Cyber attacks, all kinds of stuff. And yet here I am, right? You will not shake me off this tree. I know what I came here to do. And the stronger the opposition, the bigger the other side is. Anytime I get haters, I know I'm getting a whole nother wave of people that go, yep. Thank you for saying what I've been afraid to say.
0: Did they ever used to rattle you? Would you always just lay in the fuck back in?
1: Rattled, yes. But based on my upbringing and the coping strategies I used as a child would be, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm being perfect. I'm a chameleon. Don't fuck with me. Okay, you fuck with me. Now it's war, right? And so the old way that I used to do it was they'd message me and say something crazy and I'd message them back and be like, fuck you. I will eat your face. Um <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, now, I now I don't fight. I just block them. Or if people disagree, it's all good. If they're mean, that's a whole other conversation, right? So I just release them out of my space, which is a sign of maturity and it's okay. You know, in the spiritual world, people think that we need to just be, quote unquote, light and love. Um, but what if light and love is actually the same thing as what ants do? Because ants murder shit, right? Um, horses kick each other and fight giraffes hit each other with their necks. There is violence on our planet. And so I don't think we'll ever not have that. And there's physical violence, there's emotional violence, there's spiritual violence, there's all kind of uh, verbal. So I'm not proclaiming that I am somehow, you know, the Buddha now and will never strike back if somebody hits me. Because if somebody fucked with my family, we'd have a problem. Mm -hmm. Like it's one thing to mess with me. But the moment it goes over there, we had a problem. I love it. And so yeah.
0: I want to circle back around to relationships just to really wrap it all up. How do we as women not make you the men our happily ever after?
1: Mm. Ooh, that's a tricky one. So we know that the divorce rate in Western cultures is as high as it's ever been. And one of the reasons for that is the happily ever after thing. Right. Mm-hmm. There's so much wrapped up in this is supposed to feel good, right? So one, we start to reconfigure our understanding of relationships. Right now, it's the fairy tale. I get the guy, everything's good. If we reconfigure that to go, I get the guy and the guy is going to help me see where I'm still hiding. The guy is going to trigger the worst parts of my consciousness and the things that I've been suppressing and running away from my whole life. The guy is going to help me do that. That changes how I show up in relationship if I already expect some level of help right it's no longer even hell if i expect it right it's like oh yeah this is what we do in relationships for you working out probably you know that there's going to be some level of pain but you also understand the pleasure on the other side of it you also understand the results that come from it that's the disconnect in relationships we don't see it the same way we're like no pleasure the whole time and if it's not that and we're arguing right then it's wrong and doesn't work also we've become a society that obsesses over longevity Mm -hmm. and that is a mistake because there are people who come together for six months some people come together for a year or two and they teach each other and they love each other and they have great sex and they explore the world and they do x y and z and they trigger this that and the other and you learn from each other and then it's done Mm -hmm. but most people look at that and they go oh whoa that was a failure because jeff and i didn't stay together for 400 years Well, no, it wasn't. It'd be a failure if Jeff and you stayed together for 400 years and it was supposed to be over on the fourth year, Mm -hmm. right? But you just held on because you don't want to look bad in front of your mom or dad or sisters or whoever. So I think all of this comes down to what do I really desire and understanding that you can't fail, There is no way to fail. There's no way to miss. Everywhere you are, God is. Everywhere you are, love is. Any step you take, even if it appears to be a mistake, Mm -hmm. is the perfect step, right? Mm -hmm. Me taking certain steps, right? Alexi and I, and I'll end it with this. Alexi and I had a really tough time the last couple of years in our relationship. And we got to the point where we were considering divorce, And it was based on a lot of things that happened very early in our relationship and some really terrible mistakes and choices I made. And while it'd be awesome if I didn't make those choices, it's also led to us being closer than we've ever been. I'm more in love with her right now than I was on the fifth day that we got together. I'm more in love with her right now than the day that we got married in 2016. Mm -hmm. So sometimes what we think is a mistake is actually the universe setting us up for something deeper and more powerful than we could actually ever understand.
0: Beautiful. Two more rapid fire relationship questions. Number one, how do we compliment you in relationship rather than criticize you?
1: Yes. So it's creating a culture of appreciation through words of affirmation and physical touch. Those two things, almost every guy universally, he can't hear enough of it. And here's why. Because nowhere else in the world is he hearing it. His friends aren't like, oh my God. Like, you know, when girls are around, I see it all the time. You know, Sigrid and Alex, you will be there and somebody will come in there. Oh my God, I love your hair. Oh my God, that dress is so cute. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. You've done this, right? Dudes don't say that. So if you don't compliment him, no one will. Mm -hmm. And hopefully no one else who has a vagina does, right? Because if you understand, I get it. Women have a lot, a lot that they're holding and- the reason why the suicide rate is higher in men than it is in women is because men also have a lot and we don't get the nurture and so if he's not getting it from you he's not getting it from anywhere and that can be really tough over time so it's okay for you to point out the things he's not doing right or whatever the case may be if, if it's like a 10 to 1 ratio right that would be how i would do it if i came back as a woman i'd have 10 compliments, 10 things I acknowledged about my partner for every one thing that I picked them apart with. Because then their emotional bank account is so full that that one thing doesn't hit as hard. But if all he hears from you is what he's not, at some point he's going to leave. Even if he stays, he's going to leave. It's a big thing and it happens literally all the time. I have coached 2,000 men. 2,000 men have shared this. Like, literally, it is one of those things where a guy will go, okay, this is the 800th time that I am being punished for not making the bed the way she thinks it should be made. I made the bed, but it wasn't the way she thinks it should be made. And therefore, she's now going to punish me. She's going to take her love away. She's not going to give me kisses. Like, fuck. Fuck all right, I might as well not be in this relationship if everything I do is always wrong. Is she God, right? This is what dudes start to think like, oh, so I married God and God gets to dictate everything that occurs and I'm just the little boy that has to fucking acquiesce, right? Now that doesn't mean that men don't have their own work in that, but we're working together for harmony Mm -hmm. to support each other. And so if there's a 10 to one ratio, it makes it easier for him to meet you and help you with your nervous system and the stuff you're navigating. That's what I'd say.
0: Mm, fuck yes. And how do we not make our desires a constant moving target?
1: Yes, yes, yes. By saying I'm proud of you, because it can be a moving target. Okay. As long as you acknowledge him and say I'm proud of you, right? That's all a guy needs to hear. Is like, oh baby, thank you so much. Like, you know, it just feels good to just watch Netflix. And I realize, like, yeah, I work hard, but so do you, right? babe, thank you so much for always picking up the kids or thank you so much for loving on me even when I'm on my period and I'm trying to annihilate you. Thank you so much for, you know, like just any type of thing like that makes it easier for him to navigate the moving target. The moving target is humanity. Yes, women got a triple dose of it, but so do guys, they have a similar thing. They just move the target in a different way. They don't even have the expectation. So that's what I'd say. And last thing I want all of you women to hear is men really struggle with body stuff and particularly around sex. We've been programmed that our pleasure does not matter at all. That if you aren't squirting and having 50,000 orgasms, then we have not done our job. So our pleasure is literally on the back burner. It's not even considered. So any little bit of intimacy, just seeing him loving on him, right? kissing him softly, reminding him that he's perfect. These guys watch porn their whole life. And they think that if their penises are not the size of a car, that they're inadequate. Right? There's all kinds of stuff that comes up with guys that they never share to you. I know it because I am with them and coach them and have had my own stuff. But just know that you're not the only one struggling. Mm-hmm. Guys just aren't as vocal.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Preston thank you for being you thank you for the role that you play in my life one last question that I ask all guests what does it mean uniquely to you to be raw real and vulnerable in your own life
1: mm, true to the moment that's what it means just be true to the moment
0: thank you so much for your time today if any of my listeners want to make their way into your world if they have not already where do they find you
1: at Preston Smiles on everything PrestonSmiles.com I'll be around you'll see me
0: you're the best I love you so much Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.